Thanks for tuning in. Hi, I'm Neville Judd from Hexagon Radio. Technology mitigates many of the risks faced by miners, including blind spots, fatigue, distraction, and slope failure. But can technology protect everyone? What will it take to achieve zero harm? Joining me to discuss this is Hexagon's Mine Protect Portfolio Manager, Marcos Boelo, and Mining Division CTO, Rob Dorr. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Ned. Thanks for having us, Ned. You bet. Great to have you both here. So, Marcos, sum up for us what the, what technological progress has been made in helping mines to protect their people and their equipment. Um, I mean, technologies for preventive accidents have been around uh, the industry for many, many years. And, and you can take an approach and not only within traffic accidents, but as a general. But if we touch on a specific on, on how technologies helping to prevent accidents and, and we see within hexagon we started to try to help uh, customers trying to avoid accidents between heavy machinery and, and live vehicles with collision avoidance that evolved into introducing tracking radars to prevent accidents on versus obstacles and untagged vehicles or untagged objects to protecting pedestrians and how and the interactions that they have to to perform within maintenance or um, by operation itself to the um, introduction of the operator awareness system to really minimize the accident due to fatigue and distraction to now bringing together all our safety analytics suite to really provide the user not only on the um, operator level or the task force but as well to the administration to really measure the performance of their safety um, and really to see now migrating and bringing the computing edge into live vehicles to protect the, the, our workforce that has to as well drive back home. So if you see the, the sum of all the technology that have been put together, really are trying to cover a large number of the risks that our operations are exposed to. And we keep working into the future to bring more and more solutions as Marcos said, you know, really now what we also want to do is understand and analyze the power of the data that these sensors are capturing for us um, and really transition our mentality from uh, being reactive to these types of scenarios and events into a much more proactive um, state where we want to be able to work with our clients to identify where hazards may uh, be present and actually either, you know, looking at your safety uh, triangle, see how we can actually um, remove those risks, engineer those risks out if possible, or move, put in other mitigating um, steps throughout that cycle or as well. Just to follow up to that, is there a role for autonomous and semi-autonomous products uh, in, in creating that safer mine? Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, one of those inherent risks that I highlighted at the beginning was around, you know, human risk. Um, and we are that common denominator, unfortunately. So I think if, um, if we are to put in more technologies that can assist our operators, uh, our people out into the, in the field, that's only going to help us uh, mitigate more and more of these incidents. Um, and then obviously the, the future state where everything seems to be heading is definitely more and more towards autonomous. So how do we remove people from a hazardous environment? I think that's... That, that's a question that everyone's um, 
a goal that a lot of the, the mining companies we deal with are, are really pushing towards and aiming for. So, Marcos, maybe as, as portfolio manager, I'll, I'll ask you this, and obviously, Rob, feel free to, to, to come in, but um, I'm wondering if it's possible to create one solution that, that mitigates so many different risks. And, and if you were going to do that, what's the, the most logical approach to, to creating that one integrated solution? I think that's a question that we, as uh, technology providers and our customers, would like to answer it to a yes. That's simple. But I think um, <laughs> every every risk and every mindset, every operation is specific, is individual, and it it's as different as the mind that is just besides itself. So there is no one solution today that can mitigate so many viral risks, but there is a logical and uh, a, an, a proper approach to take in order to be able to mitigate the various risks that our operations are exposed to. And it is basically providing the solutions that can address the specific risks that are inherent to your mine operation and that you're trying to solve. But Providing different solutions doesn't mean that you have to go ar around and scrap things over. So our approach is to really provide an scalable solutions that can't really address your risks at your pace, but not only um, provide you the solutions that can really allow you to mitigate the risk, make them configurable enough so they address the risk in your specific mining operation. And as well, taking an scalable approach allows you to really take an, a better approach to as well is the technology adoption. Because one important key piece are, are the people, as Rob mentioned, the human factor, the people that take the decisions. And as the more that we assist them, the more that they need to really uh, improve the technology approach or the, the adoption to, of the technology. And this accompanied by what we call a serious about safety framework, that it's a framework that we have put together to really establish an efficient and optimal technology adoption uh, from the uh, workforce, but as well from the organization itself, that really can provide you the approach to solve your risk, get to your future state, without having to be a specific sol solution specific. It really allows you to really grow at your own pace as, as mining operation. Yeah, I think um, it's important to note that when, when we go in with a safety uh, solution to a lot of our clients, it's not just about you know, installing some hardware, configuring it and walking away. And it touches so many parts of their business when you're putting in safety critical um, solutions. Everything down to the you know mine operating procedures, um, your daily uh, stand-ups, and, and what you're going to be doing for the day, uh, all these different areas that it really goes in and, and becomes a, an intrinsic part of your business. I think uh, one one use case actually even was around the OIS side of things, and um, completely um, off topic from what we were trying to do in terms of protecting the. Uh, the operator from falling asleep, but we're actually able to identify a medical risk or, or um, incident that that person actually had. So the, what I'm saying down that path is that we go so far into different parts of your mining business 
that really we need to have a underlying framework that enables us to support our clients' needs and demands. And that's got to be scalable and it's got to be able to be usable for each one of those clients and their different inputs and their expected outputs. Right. Now, in previous answers, you, you've alluded to the, the importance of data. Maybe just if, uh, if you could elaborate a little more on, on how important is data to designing and maintaining a, a safer mine? Um, and uh, either of you, please uh, feel free to answer. Yeah, I'll tell you um, So I think, as I said previously, we've always been quite reactive to safety incidents. Um, in the industry. We've, we've gone back, we've done um, incident investigations, we've looked at um, everything from the operator side of things all the way through to the mechanical side of things and understanding if there was failures through all of that. I think by now starting to gather and, and collate a lot of bit more of this information, um, not just from safety data, but from a more holistic data set, um, we're starting to get a, a lot more I guess, situational awareness in terms of if there uh, was an incident, we can really understand exactly what happened. But then more importantly, we can then start to look into the future and then identify if those trends start to happen, can we be proactive and can we actually either pull up a vehicle before an incident is going to happen? Can we uh, redesign an intersection that we know is troublesome because we have a number of near misses in that particular area or our light vehicle and heavy vehicle interaction is quite high on particular days? Um, are there things that we can do to be proactive? And I think having that data coming through is only going to enable us to answer more and more of those questions and really start to provide our operators and our clients a deeper understanding of what's actually happening in their operation. Exactly. I think Rob has touched a very important point in here, and it is with more and more sensors and more and more technology on the field, we really have now eyes and ears on our operation 24-7, which can provide us now really the leading indicators that have been always been needed, asked and requested by the industry to really take proactive decisions. This is what the power of the data is bringing these data and transforming it into leading indicators that can tell to our management, take a decision now, as Rob mentioned, on changing the design of an intersection or understanding if we have an operator driving on the risk, understanding if we can pull out a vehicle, understanding if there is a possibility to change our roster or the design of our shifts to really improve the fatigue management in our mine operation. All these parts, all these components of data is really what is going to drive us or help us to get to our zero harm uh, goal within the industry. So humans are uh, typically resistant to change. So I want to know how important it is, um, how, how important human behavior is and acceptance of technology uh, to making a mind safer. And uh, Marcos, maybe you could start us off. Um, I think as, uh, as discussed through this podcast, everything starts with the people. This is the most valuable asset for my work industry. So they drive the productivity and they drive the safety of our mindset. So the acceptance and understanding of the technology in all levels from the organization, not only from the operators that have to deal with the technology on board day to day, but as well from the administration is key to ensure the success of the expected business outcome that we 
want from the technology that we're implementing. So it's not only about having the right technology, but it's having the right technology embedded within our mining processes. And this is not only aligned or achieved by appropriate change management, but as well how we communicate and how we maintain or, or keep the continuous improvement uh, to reinforce the positive behaviors that we're driving to create the zero harm culture, to enhance the safety culture. And within this is, is we as Hexagon collaborate as business partners from your organization to drive this change, to help you on this journey. But not only that, we as Hexagon as well collaborate with the best on the industries to really bring you the best possible outcome. And that's why we are collaborating with Browse Food as a big um, company that can really help us on driving the change management from the experts to the industry. I think we're just um, yeah, really happy to be able to work with uh, uh, many consultants in the industry and Proudfoot's definitely one that's um, come along and is really helping us accelerate that change management process. I think, uh, as Marcos alluded to, um, safety solutions are, um, are one piece, or safety sensors and, and the technology is just one small piece. And to have a really successful project, we definitely need to bring um, the people and the process along with it so that we really maximise the investment in those technologies. Uh, and yeah, Proudfoot really do um, provide that capability for us as well. Um, and we work really collaboratively together to be able to to launch our safety playbook that we can then go in and work with our clients um, and identify what their technology needs are from a safety point of view, uh, uh, the methodology of how we want to implement these solutions, and then obviously exactly what technology is required. So yeah, really, really excited to see where that can go. Um, as I mentioned before, we do touch so many parts of the mining industry, mining business when we implement one of these systems. So it's um, yeah, great to have these guys on board to help us out and, and the assist. So collision avoidance, um, proximity detection, vehicle intervention, they're all becoming legally mandated by some governments. Do you think there's more that governments and industry could be doing to legislate and enforce safety measures? Um, and Rob, feel well, free to I, I guess. Up. My question there, back to this one, is really, do we need to legislate it? I mean, in reality, I look at these technologies, and if you're an operator, if you're a manager, if you're a general manager on site, you want to have the best and safest um, uh, solutions in your operation. So, again, I, I don't necessarily think we, ne uh, we have to go down the path of legislation. I think it should be just become good practice. Uh, you know, we go in and we buy vehicles now, um, everyday use cars, and if something doesn't have cruise control, we're not really interested in buying it, right, versus the alternative of not cruise control, some people maybe, but uh, General Trend says, no, we want we want to have the latest and best tech. Why are we lagging, why are we any different in mining and why are we lagging behind that? If we can have a vehicle that automatically slows you down and, and stops you from tailgating the truck in front of you from a safety point of view, that for me is a no-brainer that we should be putting that into our operation. That's just the safest and best way to operate your mine and most efficient. So for me, I'm not so much on the path of does the government need to do more? Not so much. Um, industry, we've got a lot of really good bodies uh, out there in the industry that are, are really trying to drive this change and 
Uh, I think get the right standards in place, which is really important so that we know what we're working towards and we know what good looks like in this in this uh, aspect, I guess. Um, but I realistically, I think it's um, down to the, the organisations, uh, the operations, and ultimately from our point of view in Hexagon, it's really getting out there and enabling them to understand what their benefits are for these types of safety solutions. And and then for me, it, it speaks for itself. I don't think there shouldn't be many too many questions after that. You are, think, are, you see, are you seeing that, Marcos, from customers just sort of being proactive rather than waiting for, for the government to, to tell them what to do? Yeah, I think um, as the industry grows, as the industry uh, transforms, I think you, we have definitely seen a global change on the maturity of our customers on how they understand safety from five, ten years ago where yeah, technology was just uh, nice to have until this point on where it's becoming a best practice because the outcome is seen. It's just about how, how can the best bodies or, or the organizations around the industry can really leverage the knowledge that it's accumulated in certain amount of regions and really trying to collaborate and, and make the best practices unknown process unknown sometimes what happens is as a mind scientist isolated the knowledge of what you can do better it's not there how can you really operate safer can you how can you really operate more productive and improve your processes so as long as we try to distribute the knowledge i think I also not not too much on the way of of really that we need to mandate this from a governmental point standpoint. It's more about how the industry drive itself and how we as technology provided can providers can really make the technology adoption easier for our customers and and provide what it's required from them to really make mining mining safety safer. Yeah, I think, it, it, again, it speaks for itself. I mean, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, Marcos, so you could probably help me out. But just the, the actual, you know, from an incident, the amount of time and the amount of cost um, over and above, like the, the worst part is obviously the actual incident itself, as we discussed earlier. But um, what, what were some of the figures there, Marcos, around the cost of of an incident on a mine site? So, yeah, from a fatality on where the mine has to stop, and just talking about the wars, uh, course there is no price for a human life but from the business impact perspective can go from five up to 20 million dollars on those of revenue due to the whole investigation uh loss of production uh insurances stock market um all of this like really has a direct impact into the um business yeah and even down to like a metal on metal incident right you, you've at least got particular potentially two trucks out of out of the cycle for up to a week or whatever that might be so just those those financial implications um over and above all the other pieces i think it really it, it does sell itself there is there's huge amounts of value that operations can realize in in implementing sort of technology and that's why i think um, the industry is probably the best place to really push and drive the adoption of this sort of stuff Right. Um, we, we've been referring to, to this phrase, zero harm. It's commonly used uh, in the industry. 
Um, but I'm wondering how how realistic is is zero harm, um, and what do you think it'll take to to actually achieve zero harm in the industry? So, uh, from my perspective, I think this is a goal that must be achievable and realistic. It's not an overnight goal, of course, but this is what really drives the portfolio mission. Is like how can we really avoid any accident, any people to get injured in the mine sites? And this is a long journey that needs to start internally within organizations to really take safety seriously. And it is not only um, getting technology out because it's mandated by the government, but really take it seriously and drive the organization through their culture. And I think um, there is a realistic approach that can drive us to zero harm. And there is where all the bodies are trying to, to work together to bring this um, into consideration within the industry that all the, our mindsets take uh, serious safety as serious as, as is required to really drive the zero harm that nobody else gets injured. Uh, and technology makes a key piece or it's a key component within this, um, this goal, but as well, it's part of the organization itself and how we drive our workforce and our administration towards this goal. Yeah, but, but I think the nice thing's been there as well that we've seen the trend over the years um, that safety really has become one of the higher priorities, right? From from the early 2000s or even earlier than that, so through to sort of now, um, it's definitely uh, one of the key pillars, I guess, into my, any mining operation. So I think the focus is there and it's right, and that's the first step in this journey. I think um, is it definitely is it. Uh, possible to get zero harm? Absolutely. Um, what does that mean and what steps do we need to put in place? I think there's a number of those and as Marcos alluded to earlier, there's so many variables that come into uh, an operation and how we actually mitigate those risks that um, I think we, we need to look at those uh, playbooks and the frameworks and, and identify those risks and then start to put policies, procedures, ultimately engineer things out where possible or, or eliminate those risks so that we can achieve that zero harm. And I think there's been huge steps and huge strides made in the mining industry over the last, you know, three to five years that um, have definitely given us a big boost in that direction. A good note to end on. Rob, Marcos, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having thanks, us. Sir. You bet. A big thank you to our guests, Robin Marcos. For more information about today's topic, visit hexagonmining.com. To listen to additional episodes or learn more, visit hxgnspotlight.com. Thanks for tuning in.